Good evening and welcome back to the ME7 podcast. It is a third straight defeat in all competitions for Gillingham and interim manager Keith Millen as Notts County come to town and leave with all three points in the bag. Another disappointing weekend, unfortunately, for Jules as the wait for manager continues and everyone, I'm sure, will be in agreement that we hope it is signed, uh, signed sealed and delivered very, very soon indeed because... At this moment in time, without a tutelage of a mass, of an actual manager in charge, we are currently slipping down the table very, very quickly. Down to 10th place now in Sky League 2 following today's result. And, uh, yeah, a bit of a worry uh, so far since the uh, departure of Neil Harris, the win against MK Dons. Both goals given to us, you must admit, then defeats. Following on from that, it is, um, it is a time where we certainly need some leadership. We certainly need... A man in between in the dugout to take us forward, and um, that's still what we're we're waiting on. But hopefully, it won't be too much longer, and we can start to see someone come in with brand new ideas and bring hopefully the full potential of this team out into force and to show what we can do. But at this moment in time, it's very very doom and gloom at this moment in time, which is uh, unfortunate. But we have to say it as it is, and that is currently the uh, the main feeling I think most Jules fans feel after. Um, after today's defeat, uh, North County, obviously a team who are naturally going to be up there. Um, great resources, great squad, you know, man for man. They've got some terrific players. And I think today it was a result that didn't flatter them. I think, if anything, the scoreline flattered us a little bit. And, you know, I don't like to be saying that, but I think that's just the fact of the matter today. I think we were beaten by a better side. And overall, we, we had a couple of spells here and there, but I think Notts did well to control the vast majority of the game and make it really difficult for us. And that's obviously... Um, not really what you want when you're a home team. You know, you don't want to be conceding 70% plus possession. It's not a good look. And we were simply beaten by, by a better side today. And, you know, better players, we don't know. But they have a manager, and which obviously is quite important in this game. Someone who's um, won promotion, uh, obviously, from the National League last year. has kept them on in good stead. And you can see they're a team with a lot of natural drive, um, a lot of trust between each other and a team that are under the tutelage of a, of a very good manager at this level. And that's obviously what we're lacking at this moment in time. I think we looked very disjointed today and very... Not that there wasn't a lack of uh, care from the players. I'm certainly sure there was. I don't think anyone were down tools, but it just didn't seem that we had that that click, per se, as, a, as an established team with an established manager like Notts County had today. And that's sort of the way they played. I was looking at it in all really in terms of that's how I want to see us play. But we'll have to wait and see what happens on a manager, managerial front and see if that is a, a possibility. But one thing for sure, Matt, as I bring you in, is that by this time next week, we need to be talking about not just a Gillingham win, hopefully against Newport. I know there's a game in between it, but we need to be talking about a Gillingham performance under a new manager. Yeah, 100% we do. It's, um, I think... After the last two home performances I've seen, I said it on the last podcast, I say it on today's, and this is no disrespect to Keith at all, but we are lacking leadership in that team. Um, you know, it's, it's not. I'm not saying Keith's doing a bad job from, you know, all sense of purposes, you know, the players seem to be responding to him, but... <sighs> I just the the timing. I'm just going to keep coming back to it. The timing is just so so weird. Whether you had a fallout with the manager or not, I don't care. Look look where you are in the league. Look how well the team is responding to the manager. Okay, we might not have been scoring hundreds of goals, but defensively we were pretty solid. And the saying does go, you know, yes, strikers win your games, defenses win your championships. We 
you know, obviously if he had taken charge of that, uh, was it uh, Mansfield or whoever? No, it's a, a MK Don's game. Sorry, you know, he, he we would have been third in the league. Yeah, you know, we were third in the league after that game if we, he was in charge and we won that. I just. I, I don't want like to rant and rave and, and what have you, but just it just feels weird. And obviously, I'm sure you most of you have seen that video that's popped up online today. But that I'll always thank Scally for saving my club back in 1995 because without him, Gillingham Football Club wouldn't exist. But the whole point of the Gallantons we thought coming in was that Scally wasn't going to have any more involvement, and it sounds like he still is. And so. Is this still, you know, Gillingham Scally's football team or is it Brad Gallinson's? Yeah, certainly in the video that came out, but we'll, we'll speak about it now. We may as well because it ties into the whole managerial chat we're having. Um, so uh, Neil was part of a, um, I think it's Chris, Chris Phillips, his name might be, a South End journalist. I apologize if I got it wrong. He's doing a five hour or so charity um, live stream thing and they had Neil on around four and a half hours in just to talk about his career in general and then obviously. You know, as Jules fans, we, we we obviously are interested in, in terms of what he's done in his career, but we're looking for the Jules-related reaction to his uh, his departure. And we got that when he said that you know he was perplexed, he wasn't particularly happy with it, he didn't expect it, etc. And he, the, the point, Matt, that I think is really interesting in this little bit from Harris is he says it was a decision made by the board. Which, if you stop it there, you think, yeah, that's what everyone would say, that's what managers manager would say, that's what happened. But he went the extra bit to say, headed by Paul Scally. Now, for me, I think he didn't need to say that. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad he did say that because it puts things into perspective. But he didn't have to go out of his way to mention someone in particular. He could have just said it was, you know, a decision by the board and no, no one would have questioned it. But the fact that he has gone out and said, spearheaded, if you like, by Paul Scally, suggests that, you know, you know it not to be dramatic, but our worst fears are, are coming true. You know, we thought we were in a position where we don't have to worry about these sort of things anymore, but it seems like maybe when um, Brad and Shannon aren't in the country that, you know, I know a lot of people speculated about it, but none of us really wanted to believe it because we thought, you know, we'd change things like that, whatever. But it just seemed like there is still a lot of power in the hands of Paul Scully. And if he is, you know, spearheaded this this idea to get rid of Neil, Firstly, uh, whether you're Harris you know, Harris, I think everyone would agree that he is not the person that should be making that decision, not by any stretch of the imagination. But if he is a big part of it, then it's a massive, massive concern, isn't it? It is because, as I said, you know, that, uh, uh, I'll say that again, for, I'll always thank him for saving the club, but he sold the club. You know, if you want to be around as, as an advisor, advise, but don't make decisions. You know, ultimately, from from the way it, Neil Harris has sounded out in that interview, basically, from from what I'm hearing is basically he's saying that Paul Scally has made the decision to go ahead and, and get rid of him. Well, I'm sorry, that should be the one down to Brandon Shannon. Um when you look how the team were doing, I'm I, I'm sorry. I, look, I know there was a lot of people who were saying Harris out, but I thought we were doing okay. And I've said it before, Neil Harris's team's come so much stronger in the second half of the season. So just wait and see. That's that's what I thought, you know. And we all we've we've all said it. We all said we're, we're giving till Christmas at least, and and see where we are. And look, we might have had a couple of bad games, but I think since we've been without a manager, you know. Look, we almost threw it away against MK Dons. We got absolutely spanked by Walsall. 
Um, today, you know, at home, you'd expect a bit more of a, of a higher press, but players were just sitting off. So, so not having a proper permanent manager in place is actually a detriment to our season. And if we don't go up at the end of the season or we're not in the playoff race come the end of the season, every single Jills fan is going to turn around and look at this moment and go, what the flying, and I'm not going to swear, but yeah, what the, yeah. I'm sorry, this this is our defining moment. And if you're just going to get rid of a manager, you've got to have your replacement lined up. Great, we've interviewed 20 candidates. Wow, amazing. But that's not what the team need. The team need a manager now. So if you've in- interviewed 20 candidates and you've narrowed it down to your final few, let's get them in the door as soon as possible. Because, look, it, even if we get a manager tomorrow morning, it's not going to affect you Tuesday night. But... We're playing a team coming up at the weekend who are really struggling. If Neil Harris was in charge, do you know what I mean? We, we might have gone and put two, three, four against them. Who, who knows if we had had a permanent manager still in charge. We need a manager in charge by that game. Otherwise, Newport, a team that are struggling, are probably going to get a really good result against us. Yeah, Newport, obviously, the next home game, free for a draw for them against Warsaw uh, last night. But... Yeah, a team coming to coming to town, you'd expect us to get a positive result against. But as, as you say, Matt, unless we have a someone in the dugout who's you know going to be the man to be a permanent fixture within the team, not someone who's you know again respect to Keith, but not someone who's going to be there for a couple of days and then has no real pressure on his job because he'll go back to doing the the B team and the academy team. You'd assume, but if we we could play anyone at the minute, if we don't have a, that manager which we need. Then, then I'd be concerned that we're not going to get the result we need. And I think, you know, like you say about Tuesday, I think Tuesday's a bit of a write-off already, to be completely honest. I don't want to say that, but we'll be going away to a very good Swindon side in very poor form without a manager. And that does not bode particularly well at all. Um, but yeah, the timing is, is something that's been spoken about a lot. It's been just over two weeks now, I think, since... Uh, since Neil departed, and obviously a lot of people on the day were thinking, well, we must have someone lined up to take over straight away because we've got a game in a couple of days. And after that, we, you know, we won the game, which lessened the pressure if you like to get a manager in, and um, you know, afforded more time. And I, I get people would say you got to be patient to get the right call, but at, at the same time, this whole period in between, we're not picking up results and we're, we're floundering in the table. You know, we. Sacks Neil Harris from about eighth. We got the win against MK Dons, which took us to third. And now we're tenth. We could even be as low as fourteenth by the end of playing Tuesday, dependent on our result and others, etc. Which would be a, a massive downfall of recent weeks. So it is imperative that we get the right person in because the precedent has been set. If you sack Neil Harris when you're just outside um, the playoffs, and then obviously even three points away from. The top three, I think, sacking in means the precedence is that you have to get someone in, and they have to get us promoted because that was that was where we were. We weren't when, under Neil. I know people is, had the criticisms, but I never looked at it and thought we're going to be in any danger of you know falling off place after place after place. I always thought we'd be in and around there. We might not have scored as many goals as people would like, but I had no feeling that we were going to be dropping out of the playoffs anytime soon. That has now happened, of course, but again, the new manager who comes in has to get us playoffs minimum you know some would even say you have to get promoted and I understand that of course but playoffs very minimum to justify the the, the decision and you know we can't say whether we think that's going to happen until we know who the, who the man is is coming in but it is it's 
that sort of precedent has been set, Matt, which makes whoever's coming in, their job is going to be a lot more difficult than normal because there's going to be so much pressure on it and they're going to have to get it right because, you know, if, if not, then you'll have people questioning, was it the right decision in the first place? We won't know until what's done is done, but the pressure is going to be massive and it's going to be, you know, probably the most important appointment in, well, certainly many a year, let's be fair. Um, but, you know, we just want the decision made sooner rather than later so we can get back to business on the pitch and, 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 and see what happens. But again, whether it's names you hear in the uh, in the bookies, which none of them have appealed to me, I must admit, apart from then Richardson, everyone else not interested. Um, you know, even Scott Lindsay, I mean, since that... Uh, not report, but since that link became a thing, Crawley have also massively fallen off, lost again today. There's nothing there that convinced me, convinces me that he's the right man. Same with Steve Bruce. I know people have their uh, feelings towards Steve. You may have watched him as a player. That I'm not in that boat, so it does nothing for me in that sense. I appreciate he was here as a player, but having not experienced it, I don't have any affiliation towards him. And um, yeah, I just don't think he'd, he'd work at this level. And then, you know, none of those names really really jump out of the page and that's a bit of an issue. It may well be someone completely left field, we don't know, but whoever it is, Matt, it's going to be a lot of pressure on that job. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think whoever's going to come in, you know, is going to be under, you know, literally under a microscope from, from us fans from, from literally day one. It's, 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 it is a tough job because with the expect- expectations and look, I'll be honest, Brad's got to take a bit of this on on his shoulders because he's been going around telling everyone that we are the sleeping giant. And look, I believe him. I believe we are a sleeping giant. And I think under Neil, obviously, we were only slightly waking up and whoever this new manager in uh, comes in has really got to wake this, wake this giant up because um, look, I think if you look at... I, I'm, we're going to get obviously onto the game in a minute, but if you look at the Notts County team on paper and you look at the Gillingham team on paper. Yes, Notts County have got a couple of great players, but so have Jills. You know, so, it, you know, in theory, th- th- there's nothing on paper between them, uh, between us, uh, apart from the fact that they had their manager today. And I think that really did show. So, whoever comes in, I think he really needs to get a grip of these players and, and, and you know, really sort of get them under his wing, get them working again, uh, sort of, you know, as a unit and, and get that leadership group back together. And it's going to be tough for them, but look, whoever it is, they've got my full back in support already. I don't, I don't know who it is. I don't, you know, we don't get told anything like you guys, but um, we only hear the rumors, but wh- whoever it is that's coming in, I'm, you've got my full support already. I, I don't care, but get this team playing the football. We, you know, we know that they can play, get us moving up this league, get us out of this league and push us on up League One because that's where we belong. Matt, I'll put this to you now, something I've, I've only just seen, but for me, it fits like a glove and you know, it, it's interesting because Neil also said in his interview that he's already rejected two advances for jobs. Um, there's another one available now in League Two, Colchester getting rid of uh, Ben Garner. Um, obviously, Harris, very, very much based Essex way, Southend fan, played for Southend, etc., if he if they come knocking for him, I, I think he probably would go there. And you know, Colchester, you know, tore us apart in the second half, but it wasn't a true reflection of the game. But Colchester, a team with decent attacking players, a, a good structure, if you like, of a team, not quite able to implement it on the pitch. But 
would you would you see that as quite a likely destination for Neil if he does decide to to go back into management very quickly? Cause I think if look your Colchester, if, I, if I'm a Colchester fan, which obviously I'm not, I would be saying with Sachs Ben Garner, Neil Harris is available. It, I wouldn't even second guess it. I mean, for me, it kind of almost seems like it's written in the stars for him to be heading back to Millwall of all teams. Um, you know, for me, that just kind of seems like that. That if he's going to go anywhere, that's where he would go. Um, that being said, uh, look, if, if cultures to get him, if they go for him and he says yes, he wants to go to there. Look, Colchester are going to get a good manager and, uh, you know, he's going to have a good set of players there to work with. I was lucky enough to watch a few, uh, <clears throat> to be going through a few of their games for research for my other pod I do. And um, they, 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 they're not great defensively. So if Harris was to go in there and sort them out defensively, I, I think, you know, he would have a good squad there to work with. But yeah, for me, I think out of any team that is currently available, I think for me, it's, it's if he's got his eyes on anything, it would be going back to Millwall. Yeah, the link's obviously there. I'm not entirely sure Millwall will go for him considering he's you know he's been let go by a League Two club, rightfully or wrongly. I, I, I think they'll be looking for someone higher up. Um, it's a big jump going for going from a team just outside the playoffs in uh in League Two to going to you know a Championship side, albeit it is Millwall. Uh, Obviously, already left there before, but if he does go to Colchester, I wouldn't be particularly surprised. Um, but yeah, on to um, onto the game. We're not going to spend too long because I've got a very busy evening tonight, unfortunately. Um, I had to squeeze it in tonight. But um, yeah, <laughs> the, the game as a whole, um, I've, I've already sort of said my piece on it, Matt. Um, I'll, I'll give you the, um, the team sheet, which I'm sure you already know already, but just to go through it again for those who uh, can't quite remember, perhaps. And then... Um, you can give me your, your overall view of how you think the proceedings went today. So it was Jake Turner in goal, Max Clark going in at right back, no Connor, uh, no Connor, no Chad Alexander or Rob McKenzie today. So a natural left footed left back playing on the wrong side, but square pegs around holes. Arguments we made for a substitute who came on later on to be the uh, natural replacement. Um, Connor Watson, Max Aimer, uh, obviously Shadrach Ogie suspended for this game. Scott Malone returning from his suspension, uh, playing left-back, Ethan Coleman. Then Conor Mahoney, Tom Jeffries, Jaden Clark, Johnny Williams and Macaulay Bond. Um, substitutes come on Ike Orgy, who, you know, in hindsight, maybe should have just started at right-back. Did very well when he came on, I thought. Uh, George Jackson, Tom Nichols replaced uh, Conor Mahoney, Johnny Williams and goal scorer Scott Malone. During the game for Notts County, Sam Slocum in net. Richard Brindley, Aidan Baldwin, Carl Cameron uh, across the back with... Uh, Toby Adebayo rolling and Jody Jones in the wing back roles. Jim O'Brien, Matthew Palmer in the middle. Aaron Namain, David McGoldrick, and goal scorer uh, McCauley Langstaff with uh, substitutes Liam McCarry, who scored an absolute belt of a goal, you must admit. Um, getting uh, that great goal there. Daniel Cowley, Sam Austin, and Junior Marais also uh, coming on for the pies throughout the game. So, Matt. Um, yeah, just give us your overall assessment and we'll get into the uh, the key points of the game. Uh, uh, well, yeah, when the lineup obviously came out, I was uh, extremely underwhelmed, I'll be honest, because I've said it once, I'll say it again, we need to be playing two up top. Um, and I, I think that that's been our biggest issue. Um, 
when we've been trying to play Sean Williams and Ethan Coleman in sort of that defensive holding midfield position, we can only play out one up top. Sean Williams was on the bench. I just don't see why we didn't start Tom Nichols. That's my two cents. I know we might have been short on the bench, but look, if we've only got kids on the bench, you've got to give the kids a chance at some time, at some point. So if you're going to have to throw them in, you're going to have to throw them in. But I would have literally started as strong as possible and gone Bon and Nichols up top. But yeah, that's just my 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 little piece there. I've got to say, um, but look, overall, um, you know, Shay. I think he said in the his interview that um, uh, Keith said in his interview that Shay was back and was okay. So don't know where he is. Don't know if it was illness or what. I don't know if you guys have heard, but um, yeah, just again a bit 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 weird. But um, yeah, I was sort of a bit underwhelmed when the when the team sheet came out. Yeah, Trey missing Slade due to injury. Obviously, was uh, representing St. Lucia last week in uh, international action. Played the first game, but not the second. So maybe it's a travel bug. Maybe I don't know. But uh, he wasn't available. But there is hope that he might be uh, available come Tuesday night as we take on uh, Swindon Town. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Matt, in terms of not starting Tom Nichols. I thought that was an error. I think McCauley Bonds had his best games recently when he's had a partner next to him and. I think he lacked that today. I think he worked really hard again, McCall, as he always does. But there's a lot of instances where he was left sort of up there alone against three centre-halves, which is going to be a difficult role for anyone. But he still won his flick-ons. Made things happen was a key aspect of our attacking play. But, you know, unfortunately, without that player next to him, it was twice as hard for him to really really get in the game. And I think um, Max Clark, who was awarded man of the match today, um, somewhat bizarrely, I must admit, Um I feel bad for Max Clark because he hasn't played many minutes this season. It's been tough for him to get in the team. Scott Malone's been that good that it's been difficult to get in in his natural left-back position. And obviously with both Trey and, and Robin missing today, there was no uh, natural senior player, if you like, to fit in at the right-back role. So Max was put on the other side. He was given a bit of a torrid time in the first half by Jody Jones, who thankfully wasn't very good at crossing, which let us off the hook quite a few times. But Ike Audrey um, came on towards the end to play that role. I think he did particularly well. I think in hindsight, maybe he was the one to go with, but I guess why Keith maybe was a bit hesitant on that just because he's obviously not played uh, professional, his professional debut, I believe was at Portsmouth, but he's not played a league fixture before. So obviously it's a big step for him in, in his young career, but you know, it's all about experience for him with Ike. He'll obviously benefit from having that despite the scoreline, but yeah, it was an area that let us down a, a fair bit today, but the first moment of the game, um, well, it's not the first moment, but we're going to just cut to the goal because the first half was a lot of um, intense Notts County uh, pressure, a lot of the ball from the visit inside. Not a lot of chances created. A few um, shots on target. There's one from David Goldie from quite a distance, which was sort of stung the palms of Jake Turner, but was never really a concern. And then the ball from uh, the right-hand side by Brindley put into the area. And we have, I think, three, maybe even four defenders in the box. And it's able to go all the way through to Langstaff. He didn't need to head it. It just dropped onto his foot. Controlled finish. Turner got a hand onto it, but could only palm it into the uh, bottom corner of his net. A goal that Matt, it's, we spoke last week about soft defending, if you like. And I think this was probably another example of that. You felt the, the goal was coming for Notts County. They were dominating the play, getting into good positions. Couldn't quite find the killer pass or the killer finish. But when you have someone like McCauley Langstaff, who you know was invisible for the vast majority of the game, it's you know, the levels of a striker in his division, isn't it, of his quality that he can be, you know, as I said, invisible for the majority of the game, but it's one chance, one goal.
yeah sorry uh classic matt again um <laughs> didn't I, unmute myself uh look I'll be, I'll be honest i i did chuckle with myself when max was uh given sponsors man in the match because um it was you know he, he didn't chat the run of mccauley to to stop the goal and i think if he had of maybe he could have potentially stopped the block that's all i'm going to say on that i just think he was a bit slow to react it's going to be down to lack of game time lack of minutes i get that so yeah i mean look I, I understand why we were holding off because they do like to play with the ball. And to be honest, if as soon as we were pressing, we were creating spaces for players then to run in from behind and we were trying to limit that. I get that. But yeah, we, you could always kind of see that goal was coming. And um, yeah, obviously of all people, long staff to get it. And then for him to uh, do his little uh, sticking his tongue out to the rain and as he ran past celebrating was uh, was not nice to see. I didn't even notice that, but I'm, I'm sure he did. But um, yeah, it's a great finish from him. Very um, uh, not too effective in the first half, like staff, but again, one chance, one goal. It's the level of uh, the teams up there that we need to be um, competing with. And you know, talk about individual players to not count. Yeah, I thought David Goldrip was outstanding all afternoon. I think even the little things he did here and there, it was sort of just you could tell someone who's played in Premier League, uh, Premier League quality not too long ago. I think he's only two or three seasons in the tops. He was uh, representing Sheffield United, and I think you could you could just tell there's, there's a player there, much like we see with Scott Malone on most weeks that there's just someone there that is just shouldn't be in this division. And I think he did very very well. He played a really weird role uh, role during the game. He was sort of like a free roaming false nine in a way, he was dropping deep, collecting the space, little smart touches here and there to get the ball in behind. And I think he just sort of epitomised everything that Notts County were as an attacking threat today. And was a, a great performance from him and uh, we went into the half 1-0 down and we were all sort of, I, I, I put a half time that I thought well, I just watched the Notts County training session because they had so much of the ball. You know, I think it was 77% overall at the end of the game and I think they just passed us to death. They were overloading the sides which meant there was loads of space in the middle and we were just really struggling to get out. We had a couple half chances on the counter-attack but that's all we really were able to muster we weren't able to really have a spell where we were putting constant pressure on their back line, which is a leaky back line, as we know, and that was frustrating. But they went in at the break, deservedly in front. But the second half, Matt, is where I think we, we can give ourselves some credit. And the best spell we had in the game from the second half, I think we started really, very, very, very well in the second half. There was a moment, um, probably about two minutes in, where Langstaff looked like he was going to make it too. I think from where we were in the rain, it looked like he chopped inside put someone on the floor and then you're thinking he's going to hit it and score. But I think he checked back again to try and go past one more person, maybe make the angle even better than it already was. And, you know, ended up fluffing his lines, thankfully. But after that, we we very much took the initiative. We were looking dangerous going forward. Jaden Clark, I thought, was our standout performer today. I thought he did very, very well. Was a threat down that side. Johnny Williams as well did very well. It was his run down the right-hand side, which put the ball across towards Macaulay Bomb, which diverted from the corner and from the resulting corner. Bit of pinball, but then it fell to Scott Malone, who did some sort of like what I can only describe as when you're playing FIFA, but you don't know what the skill skill move buttons are. So you sort of spam everything and see what happens. He did sort of a roulette, um, sort of, yeah, sort of a roulette ball roll. Um, Notts County players couldn't really close him down to stop the angle, and he ends up diverting it into the far corner. And it is a really smart finish from Scott. He's been saying about how he needs to get more goals. He's got two in his last uh, two home games now, so. I was very happy for him and it you know, it got us back into the game, which we didn't really deserve at that point. But we'd worked our way back in through a lot of good pressure in the opening 
first 15, 20 minutes of the second half. And I think at that point, you could say that we were, on the basis of that spell we had, we were value for getting ourselves back into the game. I thought we definitely came out and um, really sort of wanted to have a go at them in the second half. You could see that the team was a bit more up for it, which was was brilliant to speak. And I've got to say a big credit um, because the incident you were talking about where Longstaff um, had somebody on the floor, it was um, Dom Jeffrey, I think, I believe it was him who lost the ball to uh, one of the... um, uh, the Knots players who then played it through to Longstaff but then it was Don Jeffries and that got back and actually managed to slide in and and it was actually I think definitely a um, a goal saving sort of tackle he completely won the ball um, but yeah it was a, it was a brilliant challenge but then yeah the goal I think I think we were deserving of the goal at the time uh, we were definitely um, sort of on the front foot and I mean it was a Great goal! How how that ball just stuck to his feet sort of was amazing. I, I've I've actually managed to watch a replay of it already, and um, you know he just finds that literally that half inch of space and just curls it around into the bottom corner. The the goalkeeper was unsighted by his defenders, so he would have seen it late, and you know it nestled in that bottom corner. And I think you know you could tell by the celebration that you know that meant a lot to him, and I think it meant a lot to us fans as well because I could think we could feel sort of especially in that start of that second half, that we weren't completely out this game. There was a chance for us to get back in it and we were starting to create some good chances. And I think, yeah, deservedly, we got back, got it back to one all. I just feel, unfortunately, after that, we switched off a little bit. Yeah, I was very concerned when Scott actually did the celebration he did because he is very prone to yellow cards, as we know, just come back from a ban. So when he took his shirt off, which is obviously a blatant yellow, I was thinking, like, oh... You know, let's hope he's not in going to be in a situation where there's a risk of him getting another one. But thankfully, that wasn't the case. He actually ended up going off, uh, I think, with a little knock at the end, which is a bit of a shame. But it was a great goal from Scott. But um, Notts County, the team that they are, fantastic team at this level. They just up the gear after that. Immediately, uh, Jake Turner's forced into a strong save to deny Jody Jones. And uh, it seemed as though once we got that goal, it acted as a bit of a wake-up call for them. And they were able to get back into the into the ascendancy pretty quickly and it became a little bit of a basketball game for probably about a five or ten minute period where the ball was going sort of back and forth a little bit but again we weren't able to really create anything clear cut and you know out of the two sides you got to admit it did look like Notts County were the ones to uh who were looking to you know get back on the ascendancy and you know look it's it's one of those where you're going to have to suffer against teams of, of this nature because they're going to have a lot of the ball. They're going to have players who can create opportunities. But once we got the, the equaliser, I was hoping we'd be a bit more, not gung-ho, of course not, but a bit more assertive in our play, if you like, and to get uh, have the ascendancy and to try and force the issue to get us the, the, the victory. But it wasn't quite to be. A lot of attempts, uh, not shots on goal, but a lot of attempts to get the ball forward and to try and make something happen. But... It didn't really go the way we wanted to. Just a one shot on target all game for Jules, and that was, of course, the goal. And then the uh, deciding moment, Matt. Um, this is a goal that is really, really frustrating for me because I remember the ball came in. I think it's um, Turner and maybe Malone, maybe Marston. I'm not entirely sure. Sort of getting each other's way, and that ends up diverting it needlessly for a corner. They just need a bit of communication that could have been avoided. And then from the corner, the first. Um, Ball in from from those counties, a pass straight through into the uh, penalty area. From from a set piece, you can't allow the first contact to be someone picking up a ball in a penalty area from a straight pass. So you have to be more switched on than that. And then the ball uh, 
the ball into the box is cleared as far as uh, Lewis Macari. And, you know, look, it, it's one of those, as soon as it left his foot, you knew where it was going straight in the top corner. It's, it's a brilliant strike. It really is. You can't you can't deny it. Um, you know, yeah. if someone scores one of them for us at the rain, I mean, we don't care how, what the circumstances are. We're going crazy. And it was uh, an incredible strike. One of the better ones I've seen at Prusford in quite a while. And, yeah. It's a frustrating goal in the sense that it came needlessly from a corner that we didn't need to give away. And then the first phase of the corner, you know, we're, we're making it too easy for them to get into the box. And, you know, at that point, you, you're frustrated because you made it a bit easy for them. But then the goal in itself, a wonder strike, Matt. Yeah, if I put my neutral hat on for a second, um, yeah, what a goal that was. Um, and I, I, I believe Jake actually got a hand to it. Um you know, uh, but just not enough to to push it over. But you know, it was hit with some force, and uh, and that flew into that top net, didn't it? Um, yeah, it was it was some goal. Um, but yeah, it was just very frustrating because again, you know, um, I, I believe I, I I don't know who it was, but I believe there was one of our players did attempt to try and dive in and 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 try and you know sort of get to him, but you know he was unmarked at the edge of the box and. You know, as soon as they played that short corner, you've got to think, well, there's going to be a routine coming on here. Come on, so let's pick up our men. But, you know, he had quite a bit of space. And look, when you've got that space, you're going to hit it. And but yeah, as a, as a neutral, you've got to go, yeah, that was some goal. But as a Gillingham fan, again, it was just disappointing because I said up until that point, I, it did seem like we were starting to get something going. And it was just unfortunate. Um, I will say, I've got to say a massive, because um, I don't know if we're going to mention him again, but um, yeah, Ike Orgy, uh, what, uh, who came on for his debut, honestly, he was, I thought he was fantastic today. And um, if, I would quite happily say if, if Shay's going to be out on, on Tuesday, for whatever reason, I'd happily have him as a, a, a decent substitute. Yeah, the tough scenario for him to come into, Ike, but I think he, he did himself no disservice at all. I thought he was very, very strong when he came on. And obviously, um, in hindsight, a lot of people would be saying he should have started the game. And it, it was probably hard to argue on the basis of, uh, of his performance when he came on. Um, obviously, after Notts County took the lead, it forced the issue for us to go a bit more gung-ho and try and create. But really, the, the, the best remaining chance of the game fell to the visitors. McGoldrick was shot from 18 yards out. Um, saved by um, uh, saved by Turner. It was a rasping effort. It looked like it was headed right for the bottom corner, but Turner got himself across. Um, you know, Tom Nichols also came on for Conor Mahoney. Struggled to really get into the game at that point. Um, Max Clark had a free kick with five minutes remaining from the, just outside the box. Looked to curl it. Uh, sort of far post to the goalkeeper. Got too much on it over the bar. It went. And McGoldrick again with another chance saved by Turner. And yeah, the last six minutes were it was it was one of them where when there's a six minutes of added time, regardless of you know whether you're in the game at the point really in terms of you know you're two and down, but are you forcing the issue or are you not? It gives everyone a roar when they hear the the amount go up and push everyone on and try and make something of it. Um, the six minutes as a whole, there was really not much. Let's be honest. Um, I was more concerned Notts County were going to pick us off on a counter attack and out of third, which they very nearly did. McGoldrick got away, uh, tried to play his teammate through who was who was offside, but. Um, from Jules' point of view, it was a lot of balls into the box, which you know didn't really have much purchase on. They're very easy for um, the goalkeeper to collect, and it was a a task for Jules to get back into the game. It never really looked like it was going to be a successful one, and that's as it finished. Notts County uh, came away two-one winners uh, deservedly so, in my opinion. Um, 
I think we had a good spell to start the second half, but you need a full performance to get three points most of the time. And I just don't think we had that today. I think Norris County just were the better side, unfortunately. Sometimes you just got to say that. And, um, you know, it, it is what it is. And it's a signifier that we need to get someone uh, someone in by it next weekend to stop the rot, if you like, that we're in currently. Um, the only thing that we are going to mention in terms of the, um, in terms of the added time, because I wasn't much on the pitch, is uh, obviously not something we want to mention. There's been a lot of disappointing news regarding Jules fans this season. Obviously, the uh, defiance for the racial incidents against uh, Wimbledon and Colchester, I believe, and you know the the impending threats of you know points deductions, fines, things like that. People seem to still not have taken full notice of things like that, and you know the issues that have been happening in the stands this season and last and. Yet another incident today where Slocum, the Notts County goalkeeper, was apparently um, hit on the head um, by a vape, I believe it was. I'm not entirely sure. But um, yeah, that's, again, it's at a time in a game, firstly, where we're trying to force the issue. We're trying to get back into the game. That completely kills the game, kills momentum and means we've, we've lost everything we had going forward in terms of getting the crowd ready, geared up and getting ourselves in a good position to try and get the, the equaliser, the game completely stops, it dies, and it makes it easier for Notts County, for one thing. But the main point here, Matt, is it's just utter stupidity again. You know, it seems to be one thing after another this season and, and the back end of the last one where people just don't know how to act in a football stadium. There's lines you don't cross, and seemingly there's certain fans. I'm not going to say it's the majority of fans. Obviously, it isn't, but... It's a very, very small minority who, who keep letting everyone down. And, you know, you, you do wonder what's it going to take for people to get the message. If we get deducted 10, 20 points, I don't know, they suddenly start to think, oh, actually, my actions do have consequences or is there just no teaching these people? And it's it's something that we have to discuss because it is hugely frustrating. It puts a bad name on the club. It outs the person doing it as a complete idiot who should be banned. And hopefully there's... Um, the evidence we found to see who it was to get that person banned from the stadium and we can eradicate the the people, the sections of the fan base that we don't want and don't represent the club and shouldn't be given the opportunity to represent our club again. So, you know, we, we lose the game and then you see something like that come out at the end of the game just to, you know, sum it all up and, and make it even worse when you've got people acting in that way. It's just not acceptable. It doesn't do any favours for the club and it's just another headache for everyone involved in it. It just needs to stop every off-field issue we have needs to be eradicated these people need to be eradicated from the stadium from being able to go and watch us whether it's home or away and they need to get the message that they're not welcome because they're not doing anyone any favours Matt I'm just looking we've got like 50 plus listeners at the moment so um, I guarantee uh, out of those listeners somebody was nearby and saw something so if you saw something please do me a favour Get in contact with Gillingham Football Club. Um, let them know. Uh, in fact, I can see Joe's on Joe Compass online. Get in f- contact with Joe. Let them know who it was. Point them out. Try and guess. Tell them roughly where they were sat, so they can find on their CCTV who it was. Because I don't want them part of my club anymore. As you said, if we get deducted points, it's not because the players have lost games. That's because they've been idiots and have thrown coins at, at an opposing goalkeeper. Do you know what? I, I don't care if you, you know, want to swear at him or, or say stuff like that, whatever. Do that. But how dare you throw money at him and potentially injure him and then potentially cost Gillingham Football Club the chance to get out of this league? You are not part of my club. Get out. 
yeah, that is generally the, the, the consensus. Anyone who you know, tries to say it's just a laugh or it's just a joke, it, you can go as well, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I wasn't at Maidstone, but I hear there were some sort of crowd issues there. I can't really go into that because I wasn't there. I don't really know. But if that is true, then it's, a, it's another thing against the club that isn't helping at all. And it it needs to be sorted and needs to be sorted soon. Hopefully those responsible are found and they are met with the uh, harshest punishment possible. And that is obviously the removal from all future games that Jill's home and away. And if they're season ticket holders, you're not anymore. If you want to act like that, you don't deserve it. And uh, yeah, that's... Um, that's basically the piece we've got to say on that. Um, you don't need us to tell you how to behave at football ground. It should be common knowledge. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us today. Um, I've got a busy evening, unfortunately, so I can't really stay on for too long and talk about it. But um, yeah, Jules defeated. Can I? Yeah, go on. Sorry, I'm just going to quickly say, uh, just full disclosure. So uh, I'm going to let everyone know. Unfortunately, I had to put my dog down this morning, who was a big part of my life. Uh, so I've been a bit crappy and so that's probably why i've ranted so much also uh, i'm because of that reason i'm not going to be putting out a breakfast show tomorrow morning uh i'm going to save it till next week all right cheers all right everyone thank you so much uh, for listening tonight um we will be back tuesday evening to do a uh, review of the fixture at swindon um i assume it's going to be on iphone because it's a tuesday if so then great um yeah we'll be doing that hopefully we'll have uh something more positive to talk about on the thursday or the friday if there is a there is news to be announced we hope so but um we don't know at this point but yeah jules unfortunately go down 2-1 at home to Notts county uh, another loss uh in this poor run of form with uh no management unfortunately continues but um yeah to brighter days ahead i suppose um but until uh until next time up the jules good night thank you very much <laughs>